0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Uh, the first thing that I want to say is that I'm really apologize. I made a huge boo boo on the last podcast with Rick Bebout. Um, something happened, had some technical difficulties, and it only posted like 15 or 16 minutes of that podcast. That podcast is 50 five or maybe even an hour and five minutes long so please if you only listen to the first um minutes of that podcast listen to the whole thing because it is actually a really good podcast um we talk about a ton of things and one of them is how he started this urban hunting program and that wasn't in uh the first uh Uh, file that I posted so go back and re-listen to the last podcast uh, after you get done listening to this one because it is truly a really good podcast. Now on today's podcast we're going to be talking with a guy named Tonson Sportsman and uh, yes that's his real name and again this is truly a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Um, We talk a lot about how hunting and the outdoors has kind of healed some emotional pain for us uh, in the past, Uh, and Tonson kind of walks through a story about how he lost his brother, and because of that, it kind of fired him back into uh, the world of hunting in the outdoors, and uh, just a really, really cool podcast. Uh, It's one of those things where, uh, and I mentioned this in the podcast, but I'm a firm believer that the outdoors can heal you whether it's stress or emotional pain or even physical pain if you can get outside and just breathe the fresh air and go for a walk or just do something outside it will take care of a lot of your problems and um we talk a little bit about that today on this podcast amongst amongst other things, but uh, again, this is truly a one of a kind podcast. Something I dig in deep. Uh, I ask a couple of personal questions, and uh, he answers them like a champ, and uh, I, I really appreciate that. So uh, that's what today's podcast is about. Now, we all know Lone Wolf makes some really uh, badass tree stands. so if you want to find out more information, on what kind of tree stands they offer you know i'm a huge believer in in their tree stands really 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 great portable mobile setup and i use it in that capacity every single year Uh, and it's uh, one of the best companies to do it Uh, check out lonewolfhuntingproducts.com take a look at the climbers their hang-ons their sticks and a couple other uh, accessories that they that they make made in America. And uh, just a a really good product. So uh, check them out today. Now it is time to get into today's, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a hunter profile podcast mixed with a little BS. But we get down and dirty today. So uh, give it a listen. And please share this one because I really, the message that this podcast, I guess, Puts out there this message is a really good one so if you know anybody who's maybe suffering from just like an emotional low point in their life take them outside take them hunting get them breathing that fresh air you know fishing hunting that kind of thing can really change a person's mood and uh, let's get into the podcast all right on the phone with me right now Mr. Tonson Sportsman how you doing man? Good, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing really good. Now, for all the people out there listening, I did not pronounce his name wrong, and I felt, I always, when I see a name that's a little bit different, I always ask, is that your real name? And uh, I apologize for <laughs> that. Uh, now, after I, you know, you're like, no, that's my real name, only because I've had other people, uh, other people, like in the past, send me a message via Facebook, and that's not their real name.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I get that a lot. So it's, you know, nothing off my back. Right. Right.
0: So do a lot of people do a lot of people are like sportsmen? Like I don't get it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, um, they, they don't, a lot of people don't seem to get it. You know, they think it's made up or, Mm -hmm. or, uh, something like that. Or, and especially with, with the first name I have, you know, I, 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 uh, it's something in a bar when i was younger i'd have to pull out an id to prove it quite a bit so (laughs)
0: that's crazy so let me ask you this excuse me let me ask you this what is your your family heritage with a name like that
1: um you know it's uh my, my grandpa was kind of a family historian for us and he tracked it back as far as he could, and it, we, he never really got to the bottom of it. The best he could tell was someone came to this country, got in trouble with the law, and then changed their last name to Sportsman. And that's, I mean, that's as far back as he could get. So <laughs> we, we don't we don't really know.
0: That's kind of badass, though. So you're, uh, yeah. you're, uh, you're I guess, uh, relatives in the past are kind of outlaws. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts, man. Cool. Well, it's a, at least it's a cool story to tell, right? right yeah cool well uh we're gonna have a good old-fashioned bs session today um you sent me a message via facebook with a whole bunch of different things that's kind of gone on throughout your life and uh we're gonna chit chat about a couple of those things today but before we do why don't you tell everybody where do you live and what do you do for a living
1: yeah i live uh kind of west northwest suburbs of chicago place outside of elgin illinois and uh I'm a new construction plumber.
0: Gotcha. So you go into brand new houses and lay the pipe.
1: Yeah, we, we go in, we put in the gas, the water and all the the plastic PVC. So.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. How long have you been doing that?
1: Uh, I've been doing this about two and a half years. Um, I was doing a little bit of service work before that. And then I got into this and I like it a lot better.
0: So cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, So I, I think I want to start at the very beginning on this podcast and I want you to talk to us a little bit about the very first memory. If you can, if you can remember back as far as you can, your very first memory that involved the outdoors.
1: Yeah. So I, it would probably be, um, at, uh, the cabin that my grandpa bought when I was about four years old. And, uh, just going up there and it, it's right on a pretty decent lake. And we, I mean, uh, going up and fishing with my family, basically, we, we had a pretty good lake for walleye and, and bass. So, um, doing a lot of, a lot of fishing off the pier and, uh, catching some panfish and then going out at night, uh, with my grandpa my, my dad and my, my siblings and, uh, you know,
0: catching walleye
1: off this rock bar or, um, cat watching my parents cast for musky. So
0: nice. Yeah. I tell you what, some of the greatest memories that I have are fishing related. And, uh, I think it's just because it's, you know, for, for a family to do that, it's easier than let's say like taking a, a kid hunting or, uh, you know, turkey hunting or deer hunting or whatnot. But I, I can remember just, Like bobber fishing for bluegill, trying to catch bass, and uh, we had a couple farm ponds that uh, my family was able to go take advantage of uh, throughout, you know, our lives. And um, I'll I'll tell you this: my very first fishing memory was, oh man, I I was really young, and it was my dad and me were fishing, and we were using corn on a hook, and we're trying to catch like. Uh, carp or bullheads uh, in this in this crick or the stream that was kind of running by I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a river but the stream that went through a cattle pasture and I remember hooking up to like some 14 pound carp really big carp and it started pulling me into the water and my dad had to put his arm around me grab the pole and basically just walk backwards because I wasn't letting go with the rod And he he just walked backwards until the fish hit the sandbar. And my brother would have been just a baby at that time. And my mom, they were sitting under a tree. And that's like one of the, that's like one of the like most like predominant memories I have, uh, as far as, as far back as I can remember anyway. Right. Yeah. So, uh, how, how long did you, uh, does your grandpa still have that cabin up there? Well, um,
1: he, he passed away a couple of years ago and, uh, my, before he, he died, my parents bought it from him. Um, so they own it now. Oh, great. Um, so it's, it's a place where, you know, uh, I get my, my, get to take my kid up there and, and kind of enjoy it. And that really not much has changed, um, with the lake and, and everything like that. So it's, it's still a really awesome place to go do all that kind of stuff up there.
0: Yeah. And, I have a feeling uh my my wife has a uh, her fu- her parents have a place up in northeast Iowa that's right along the Mississippi River and as much as it is about going out and fishing and having fun it's also just a place to go and just relax and chill if I had to guess
1: Oh yeah my uh actually right now what we've been doing up there is uh my dad just put a boathouse in and we've kind of been getting that all together and he's, he had a shed put in and we've been, uh, just kind of putting the finishing touches on all that. And then he, he built this deck that overlooks the lake and it's just a really nice place to sit and, and just kind of stare out into nothing, uh, you know, at night or whenever. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome because I don't know what it is about a river or a body of water where I could, I could sit in a chair and watch it watch the river go by, watch the lake, just do what a lake does, basically sit there and enjoy myself for hours and hours and hours.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm the same way with that kind of stuff. It's just, it's it's easy to do. So,
0: right. So, uh, you, you started started with fishing and how long before you kind of moved into other things like, uh, hunting?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I grew up kind of in the city of Elgin. And then when we moved out west, uh, I, I changed schools and stuff. And I was about, you know, 13 at the time. And I got this new group of friends and my new group of friends were all in hunting. And so I, I kind of gradually got into it with them. Um, and uh, I was about 14 the first time I went hunting out. And we were, uh, we, we basically were duck and goose hunters. So we, we just hunted all the cornfields out by, out by where we live
0: right so when you say out west do you just mean further west in illinois
1: you're right it's okay. just it's actually probably like 10 minutes west of elgin oh, gotcha. where uh where i grew up so i mean it that's just kind of how we phrase it
0: so gotcha uh, so so when you got into the hunting portion of it it was bird hunting goose and duck right right
1: okay yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's what we do so
0: gotcha so with uh, your new friends came uh, new outdoor activities. What did you think of hunting for uh, geese and ducks the first couple times you did it?
1: I, I, I remember very vividly the first goose I shot, and I was so jacked up about it. Uh, we were just <laughs> sitting in it, we were sitting in, uh, next to a, a cornfield and uh, in this tree line, and we were just all kind of a little bit back in the trees. And when these geese came in, The first set of geese that came in, my, my, uh, buddy's dog ran out and scared him away. So we, we didn't get a shot at those, but then the next came in and, um, I put one down and I mean, I really hadn't shot a shotgun that much at that point. So I was, I was really jacked up about that.
0: Yeah, that sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. And I'll be honest with you. I've only been duck hunting one time, one, maybe two times. Uh, one, one was in a blind and, uh, we didn't do much, uh, we didn't do much duck hunting. The ducks were slow. So we got into a bottle of black velvet. And then <laughs> <laughs> the other time, uh, I was kind of by myself and I borrowed, uh, some decoys from a guy and threw these, uh, decoys out on like a bend of a river and just thinking yeah. something, something might fly through there. Nothing did. So that was, that is probably my yeah, it's probably the only two times I've ever been waterfowl hunting, but it's something that I want to do more of. So, what is it about, I guess, like waterfowl hunting that you like? Um,
1: I mean, it, I, I guess it, it's it, it's a lot about you know just hanging out with my friends, and you don't you don't really have to be you know quiet. You know, we we kind of just sit around and BS in uh in the blind or or whatever we're hunting out of. And then, you know, you see the birds coming, everybody starts calling. And um, I mean, I I still get excited, you know, when you see birds kind of kind of turn to your call and and start making their way in. And then when they lock up and just kind of float down, you know, it's, and someone makes that call to take them. And, and, and it's just, it's like world war two every single time. And it's just, (laughs) you know, just guns blaring at them. And I mean, we, we're, we're pretty successful, um, at it. So, I mean, it's a lot of fun and it's it's something that takes up my weekend still, um, with, uh, with, with the goose hunting and I still hunt with the same few guys that I grew up with. So it's, it's, it's a lot about the camaraderie and it's, it's, uh, you know, hanging out after we're done and having a couple beers and cleaning the birds. It's, it's just, uh, it's all of it put together, you know?
0: Right. Right. So, uh, in, in this little message here you sent me, it sounds like you were the one who got your brother into hunting as well.
1: Right. I, I just kind of told him, you know, like about it. And, uh, my dad had a shotgun from when he was younger. So, uh, my brother went out and got a license. Somehow he skirted the hunter safety system and, uh, he didn't, he, he should have gotten his hunter safety card and he didn't. And he got a license somehow. He talked to a guy in Walmart and they given him one and uh, came out with us. He came out with us and, uh, you know, had a, had a really good time. And then uh, kind of after that, he, he uh, really took off on his own with it. Him and him and his other buddy uh, started really getting into hunting in general. And they, they, they kind of started hunting for everything, but for the first few years they were really focused on, uh, on
0: geese. So, yeah. Yeah. So was this an older brother or a younger brother? Yeah. He's, he's older than me. He's, uh, four years older, four years older. So, so you were 14 and you were out there trying to teach an 18 year old, you know, the, the tricks of the trade, so to speak on how to be a waterfowl hunter. What was that like? Right. Because the, you know, like I'm an older brother right? I'm the oldest. And then my, I have a brother who's four and a half years younger than me. So he, my, my younger brother didn't know shit growing up is what I, I always say. <laughs> right. And then I was such an asshole to right. him and you know, everything he said, I was like, shut up. You don't know anything. So what was it like trying to teach your older brother to, to hunt?
1: Well, I'll be honest. I, at that point I was brand new to it too. I really didn't know much. So basically I told him, let's go get in the truck and go, you know, go to my friend Brett's house. And we'll take it from there. And his, his dad's been a waterfowl, or my friend, my friend Brett's dad's been a waterfowl hunter for over 30 years. And so, I mean, I've learned a lot from him and that's kind of how my brother started too, is, you know, talking, talking to my friend's dad. And, um, but you know, my, my brother he was pretty good at, you know, figuring stuff out with the outdoors. He was a really big fisherman. And so he was, he was pretty good with that. And I, you know, he worked hard, um, to gain knowledge when it came to, you know, hunting and fishing and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I think he only came with us a couple times. And then after that, you know, he was, he was hooked into it and he was, uh, doing it all on his own.
0: So, gotcha. Did he expand into like deer hunting and turkey hunting and and fishing more than you? And because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like he kind of went off and did everything while you kind of just stuck to the waterfowl.
1: Well, his, his first passion was fishing. And, uh, I mean, from a, from a young age, uh, he'd, he'd be gone on that paddle boat all day up at our cabin. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually he, he started branching off. He, they went squirrel hunting him and his buddy. And then, uh, eventually his buddy, uh, Matt, uh, we call him Smitty. He, uh, he's, he's, uh, kind of, you know, big outdoorsman. He, he ran into a guy and, um, guy who owns some property out in, uh, Western Illinois. And that guy invited him out to deer hunt and he invited my brother out. And so that's kind of how they got into deer hunting.
0: Gotcha. How long, how long after that did you get into deer hunting? Um,
1: well, I, I, the, the first time I deer hunted was actually this past year. And I, I'd never really thought about deer hunting before, um, maybe a couple years before that. So, um, I mean, it, I, I really, uh, was, was just mainly focused on the waterfowl. So, gotcha. Gotcha.
0: um, yeah. So are, are you a crazy waterfowl? Like I would consider myself a crazy deer hunter.
1: Yeah, I I'd say so. I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, I, you know, after, after my, uh, my brother got into it, him and his him and his buddy built this goose pit um, in our backyard When my parents own like five acres that backs up to a cornfield. And so right at the edge, they, they dug this, this pit out. And uh, you know, I, I spent a lot of hours um, out there, you know, uh, keeping it up, uh, you know, fixing it up, putting with, uh brush on it, everything like that. So, I mean, I, I really, uh, want to learn as much as I can about all that. And, you know, the, the camouflage and then, um, you know, like decoy placement, I'm out there looking at the field, like figuring out like which wind to put, where the decoys should go and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I, I, I think about
0: waterfall all the time. So. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, so then, so then your brother, so you were just kind of a waterfowl hunter and then your brother kind of goes off and does a little bit of everything. It sounds like he got into some fishing tournaments as well.
1: Right. Yeah. He, he became a pretty successful, um, fisherman. He, he, he ended up meeting a guy and they started partnering up on fishing tournaments and, um, fishing some local circuits and, and, uh, starting to do very, very well for himself with that. They, they won a really big tournament down at Kentucky Lake I think uh they want like the prize was like ten thousand dollars or something like that, gotcha. and uh yeah i mean he he was starting to really take off with with the tournament fishing for bass, gotcha. so
0: okay now, it says here, you went through a period where you you started like fishing and hunting, kind of took a back seat. Or you went through kind of a, a lull in your, your hunting and fishing?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I, uh like I had gotten married and then uh not too long after I, I started going through a divorce and uh it just kinda wasn't something that seemed really too important to me. Um, you know, I, I let my Foyd card run out and so I wasn't I wasn't really legal to hunt and uh you know, I, it's just something that really took a backseat to other things. So
0: right. Um, yeah, right. Let me ask ask you this: Why did it take a back seat? You
1: know, I I, I really I really don't have a good explanation for that. It's just I I, I always had excuses for all w- why I wasn't getting my Floyd card renewed, or um, you know, I didn't have I, I would you know I didn't have time for it. I'd say, and it, I really I really don't have a good explanation though.
0: Right, right, because. I've gone through this transition over the past seven years, right, where for myself, if I could, man, I would want to go out and I would want to hunt and fish and be outside every single day, right? Uh, But I can't do that because I have a, you know, I have to make money for the family. I have a wife who needs my attention. I have 3 kids who needs my attention. We're in activities and all these things that come along with life. Um so my my time in the woods per se and on the lakes and rivers and being outside kind of takes a back seat, you know, and and now I have to really plan and focus and and be organized with anything that I want to do moving forward. So do you think it was like? Do you and this is gonna? This is a very personal question, but do you think that you got divorced because you were spending too much time outside, like hunting and fishing and no. doing all that stuff? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Um it, Yeah, it wasn't that. So. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I'll be honest. I know guys who have literally. Like gotten divorced because they have hunted and fished way too much.
1: Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So you went through a little bit of a struggle in your life. Uh, you know, everybody goes through that kind of thing. What? Um, right. So then, so then you were you weren't hunting or fishing anymore. You just kind right. of stopped doing all that. What What did you do to? like make up for that? Did you do anything like, like going hikes and camping or did you just get into life?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was just kind of trying to figure it all out and, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't really doing much in the outdoors. Uh, I was, you know, uh, just working and and trying to, trying to get through, you know, the tough time and uh, yeah, I, I I really I really didn't
0: wasn't really doing much outdoors at that point. So Gotcha. So and then sounds like uh you had another big kind of uh test to the family happen.
1: Right. Yeah, so um in uh the summer of two thousand fifteen and my 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 family, everybody is a teacher except for me. They all are uh are teachers, so um school had just gotten out and my brother had went away on a fishing, uh, for a fishing tournament. And, uh, it was June 14th. We got a call that he had gotten into a car accident on the way home from his tournament on I-90 near Jamesville, Wisconsin. And, um, they really didn't give us many details. Uh, so everybody's at home kind of freaking out and, you know, we're, we're calling the state police and trying to figure out what's going on. And my parents were getting ready to jump in a car and drive up to a hospital, uh, that they assumed that he would probably be at. And, um, right before they were about to leave, uh, we got a call that he had passed away. Oh man. So
0: yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. So, but there's a, there's a story here, right? Because it sounds like through that, you know, it sounds like through a, this bad time in your life, uh, you know, your divorce and, uh, your brother, brother dying in that car accident, sounds like something positive came out the back end. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, probably within a month after he died, I had, I had gotten my Floyd card again and, um, was kind of gearing up to start hunting again. Gotcha. And, uh, my parents owned the cabin by then. So we were spending time up there and, um, you know, uh, you know, the year after, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I was spent a lot of time, you know, in the pit that he built, um, just hanging out by myself and, uh, you know, trying to figure it all out. And, um, then the season rolled around and got into hunting and I got into it thick. I, you know, I was going, uh, every weekend and, um, it's something that, that was really helping me, you know, be, to be around my friends. And, uh, I I did a lot of hunting with, um, his hunting buddy, Smitty. And, uh, it it was just, it was really therapeutic, you know, to, to sit out there. With him and, and kind of talk, and you know, it, it didn't even really matter if we saw anything at that point, and uh, it, it was just really nice to do that kind of stuff. And it, that's kind of when I had um, started to inquire with him about hunting uh, for deer out at that property that uh, him and my brother used to hunt at.
0: Gotcha. Um, so, do you yeah. feel that your brother's passing was kind of a was the motivation for you to get back into it? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, 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 I don't know if, if he hadn't passed away if I'd have gotten back into it. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I I would say that, yeah, it's, uh, it's been something that, um, has helped me. I mean, it's, it's something that it's, it's something that I shared with him when I was younger. And, um, I have a lot of good memories, uh, with my brother, you know, being out hunting and and doing, you know, fishing and all that kind of stuff. So.
0: Right. And I know firsthand that nature has healing properties. Um, I went through a shitty part of my life too, where, Uh, It wasn't, it's, it wasn't anything close really that, you know, that you went through, but it was, I, I had just broken up with this girl who I thought I was going to marry. And, uh, you know, I was down in the dumps and just like feeling sorry for myself. And then out of that, I cannonballed headfirst into the outdoors and it definitely made that healing portion you know that the shitty times and you know i got to think about things i got to go out it was a distraction but therapeutic for reflection all at the same time so um so it sounds to me that you kind of went down that same path where you just kind of tried to spend as much time hunting and fishing as humanly possible and not only did that help you reflect on your brother but it allowed you to heal as well.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, after he passed away and, um, I mean, since in the few years since then, I, I've really started expanding, uh, the, my time in the outdoors as well as, uh, like different types of hunting. You know, I, um, my, uh, the, the cabin is up in Northern Wisconsin and it, there's just tons and tons of public land up there. And uh, a couple of years ago, as I started grouse hunting, and I would just spend, you know, hours out there just walking. And I haven't shot; I had, I've barely seen any grouse. But I mean, it, I, I'm okay with that. And it's something that now um, I've gotten my dad into too. So now me and him, it's something that we, you know we go out, we walk the woods, and you know we're hoping to shoot one, but uh, haven't had any luck yet. So I, you know, it's, it's been very, like you were, it's very therapeutic to just, to just be out there,
0: you know? And I think what we learn, the more that we hunt, I think we can learn that like killing an animal is not the end of the sentence. It's not the period. It's not the, the, I don't know. It's not the reason we hunt. It's, I mean... You haven't killed a grouse with your dad yet, but I bet you've had a lot of good conversations. You've got to, you know, have these bonding moments with your dad, even though you didn't kill anything.
1: Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, we'll, we'll we'll go put in, you know, three miles, five miles, whatever, and it's maybe see two grouse. But, you know, just just being out there talking about life and it's uh, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And. If you, if you kill something great, if you don't, who cares? Right. Right. Awesome. So, but you're not done at this point, right? Because it sounds to me like you started like recently as, you know, as recent as last season, right? You, you started deer hunting some more
1: yeah well it it's the first time I got to' i i've I kind of floated it out there with uh with Smitty. um but it it's uh the guy owns a small property it's only like forty acres so he's not comfortable with having more than a few guys out there yeah so um it, it's kind of been it was kind of a challenge to get out there but after a goose hunt last December he had kind of mentioned. Maybe I can get you out there for the c w d season um and you know you we'll go out and we'll we we'll, you can try it out see if you like it and all that kind of stuff so um eventually uh he you know he got back to me he said you know he said you can go so uh, we started kind of making tentative plans for for when we were gonna go
0: and that was this this past shotgun season correct
1: correct, yeah,
0: gotcha. So why don't you walk us through that initial shotgun season, um, how you planned for it, what you did. It sounds like you were on a pretty small uh, number of acres uh, and, and then, you know, other important things that kind of happened for that moment.
1: Yeah. So um, we were kind of looking because the set, the last CWD season was like January 18th, 19th and 20th, I think. And, uh, we, we had kind of planned to go Saturday and Sunday, except, uh, when it came time, we noticed that the weather wasn't going to quiet, it was going to be very cold. And he, he just kind of said, you don't want to be out there when it's this cold. Um, but he said, I'll take, I can take you out Friday, uh, January 18th. And, uh, it was, it was supposed to be 32 that day. We were expecting a big snowstorm, And, uh, you know, I said, all right, let's do that. And so the day, the day came, you know, I woke up at like 2 a.m. to uh, start getting my stuff ready. Um, I, just, I just, I have my brother's, all of his gear. And uh, so I went over, met up with Smitty, and then we drove out. Um, it's in Joe Davies County, so we drove out there. It takes a couple hours. And uh, we rolled in about 6 o'clock, I think and uh stopped and we talked with the landowner for about 30 minutes and uh just kind of you know shot the shit with him and uh uh then you know smitty's like all right well we need to get out there so we started walking and um i'd never been out there before it was pretty dark and i was just trying to keep up and um eventually we came like we came to uh this deer stand and uh I, I really didn't know what to expect out of the deer stand. And I looked up and it, it was about 25 feet up the tree and uh, I'm not too good with heights. So it kind of made me pause a little <laughs> bit, but, uh, he said, no, nah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. And, uh, so, uh, he climbed up first and, um, I, uh, we, he lifted up my gun for me and I climbed up and got in. And by the time we got in, I think it was about six forty five, and, uh, So we were just kind of sitting there and he's, you know, telling me, you know, here's the boundary line over here. Sometimes the deer come out from over there and, um, you know, sometimes they pop out on this side and, uh, you know, then we just kind of started talking and, um, you know, really quietly. And we were just, we just kind of sitting there talking a little bit and I looked and I like, I don't have the greatest eyesight. I should wear glasses, but I don't. And I, I, you know, I saw something and I kind of hit his leg. I'm like, is that one? And he looked up and he goes, yeah, this deer had popped out of the woods at about 80 yards. And, uh, so we were watching it and he goes, get your gun. And so I I started getting the gun up and ready. And then this other deer came walking out behind it and he's like, oh, no, 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 stop, stop. So I had to freeze there just for a little bit. And, uh, eventually they both kind of started just going about their business. And I set the gun up and, uh, we were, uh, just watching them. And as soon as I, as soon as I looked at, uh, the deer through the scope, I got this big head rush and I, I couldn't see anything. And he's, he's trying to give me directions on what to do. And, um, the gun I was using is, it is, it uh, my brother's, uh, shotgun. It's, uh, H and R slug hunter. So it's a single shot uh shock uh, slug gun and so you know i cocked back on the hammer and this deer came walking up he tried to get it to stop a couple times when it was broadside probably about 60 yards out and uh, it wasn't cooperating and eventually it got to within 30 yards and it was looking right at us and uh after about probably 20 seconds it put its head down and turned and he said all right go ahead and i i shot and it gave out this big mule kick ran about 30 yards and, uh, and, and dropped down. And it was just, uh, it was exciting. You know uh, we were high fiving and he, he was really happy for me. That's, that's the kind of guy Smitty is, you know, he, he, he'd much rather someone else take something than him. And he just likes being out there and having that experience. And um, so after about 30 minutes uh, we got down and walked up to it and took some pictures and, um, you know, I was just, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, we got, we, we drug it back to this hill where they always got the deer out and, uh, he, he let, he let me do it. And, uh, he just kind of told me what I, what to do and how to do it. And, uh, you know, it, it the moment didn't hit me until after we put the deer in the back of his truck. And then, you know, I just, I, I kind of had a moment where it was like, you know, this, this is exactly what my brother had done. You know, it was, it was from his, the stand that he always hunted out of and with his gun and, you know, with his, with his best buddy. And, um, you know, that's, I, I kind of, I kind of talked to him. I said, you know, thank you very much for bringing me out here. This is, this is way more than just like a deer hunt to me. This is, this is really special. And, you know, we, we had a little moment there and, um, you know, it's just, it was, it's one of those things that it's hard to put into words. And, uh, it's something that I'm always going to remember. And, um, you know, just the whole day in general just felt so perfect. And,
0: uh, yeah. So that's awesome, man. Awesome. You know, I've talked to a couple guys who, um, one guy lost his dad, uh, to, with, a uh, battle with cancer, and um he tells me that you know it was really hard for the family to go through this um but every single time he goes hunting, he gets this feeling that he's not alone he gets this feel- like he he it's time for him to reflect on uh you know on his you know i guess memories with his father when his kids come hunting with him, he tells him stories about their grand you know his grandfather and so it's not like they're not there physically but the memory of them lives strong and you're able to you know remember all the good times uh, you had with him and uh that's uh that's very important
1: yeah well yeah it's funny you mention that because uh uh i mean I, i i have those moments not, not all the time, but, you know, you feel them when they happen. And I I think the first time was, you know, uh, right after the first Christmas after he died, um, I, I have a daughter and then he, he had two kids and, uh, they were all over here and, uh, we decided we were going to go shoot BB guns in the backyard. So we set up these cans and uh, my daughter and his daughter had these, you know, little pink red riders and we're trying to explain to them how to look down, uh, how to look through to aim and um one of them fires off and it hits a can (laughs) and we just kind of started laughing me and my dad and because i mean the odds of that happening aren't very good and then the other one fires off and hits a can and i mean they didn't even know what they were doing and and they both hit a can we both kind of looked at each other and we were just like man that's that's crazy and you know and then uh with this hunt it's uh when we got there and we started talking to the landowner and I walked in and that's the first time I'd ever met the guy. And he goes, you look exactly like your brother. And, uh, then, then, you know, the whole, the whole hunt in general, we, we drove back and took it to a, a butcher and we dropped it off. And uh, I was explaining to the butcher everything. He, and he said, Thompson sportsman, he goes, do you go by TJ? And I was like, no, I was like, that's my brother. And he goes, Oh, he goes, I, uh, he, he, he brought it dear to me about, you know, eight years ago or something <laughs> like this guy hadn't seen my brother in forever and it, it just it clicked with him. And then, and, and me and Smitty had a little talk about that and how it just, it all just kind of seemed like it lined up and, you know, you, you don't always, you don't always feel their presence, but I mean, sometimes it's, it's just kind of overwhelming, you know?
0: Yeah. So it sounds like this path that you've taken you know to last year you were able to shoot your first deer with your brother's equipment and it kind of made a huge impact for you but this has now led to you kind of becoming obsessed with deer hunting
1: yeah it's uh i i I, you know i can't explain it i just uh i'm putting it i'm you know, pushing all the chips in on it, I guess. Um, just recently, my dad bought a property up in, uh, like within a half mile of his cabin. And his goal is just to put a pole barn out there. Well, I got out there and, um, walked around and there's just sign everywhere. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's pretty awesome. And then we got all the public land and, um, you know I went out and got uh a crossbow i um just you know to be able to hunt a little bit more and I, I think eventually I'd like to get a bow and 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 try that but um I mean we got the kids kinda into it now we're we're going to hunter safety with with all the kids this weekend and uh yeah, i mean it's i i I listen the podcast all day at work um just trying to gain as much knowledge as i can and and then when I get home, you know, I, I, I spend a lot of time with my daughter and after she goes to bed, I, you know, I, I, start putting in the time on, on my Onyx and, um, you know, watching, watching videos and, and just trying to, trying to gain as much knowledge as I can, just cause I, this is something that I, I really enjoy now. And it's, uh, I'm glad I found it. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome.
0: Right. Right. That's awesome. That, that's uh, awesome because now that's, I mean, that's what hunting is supposed to be, right? It's it's supposed to be time for you to spend with family. It's supposed to be time for you to spend with yourself. I mean, for, so hunting, like turkey hunting and fishing, um, for the most part, that's that's my time with family right i take my wife out turkey hunting i'm able to spend some time with her i you know fishing i we get to go fishing and i bring my kids and like those two things i don't even care if i catch any fish anymore or if i you know shoot another turkey i just want other people to be successful in those two avenues but then when it comes to deer hunting which is like my true passion i've like that's for me that's time that i can use for myself and um it um it sounds like you're kind you're you're kind of going down that the same path that I did at some point point. and uh the the good news for you is it just keeps getting better with time right the more you can, <laughs> the more you understand the more you'll be become obsessed the more you'll think about it and uh the better you'll get at it and uh and then someday like me right we both have kids it sounds like uh you know, being able to go out and take my kids hunting, I I can't wait for that, that moment.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, uh, I I just, I can't, I I look forward to it. I know there's going to be a lot of frustration and disappointment, but, um, you know, I, I, I know I got to go through that. And I, I was only, I've only sat in a deer stand for, you know, an hour, so far. And I, I, I just, I, I wish the season started now and I can't, you know, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to, you know, even think about, you know, four months down the road, but you know, I'm trying to plan everything out for that. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, I really appreciate you taking time to come on and uh, share this story with us because it's a really good story. And, um, You know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you know someone who's maybe down in the dumps or going through a struggle in life, I honestly believe that if you can get that person out into nature, whether it's hiking, camping, hunting, fishing, whatever, it will heal them. And uh, the same kind of the same thing with any of you who are currently down in the dumps. Just go outside. Breathe the fresh air, and uh, I honestly feel that uh, that will that nature has this healing power. And uh, Tonson, man, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: thank you very much.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another podcast in the books, huge shout out to all the partners of this podcast, Hunter Safety System, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Ripcord, Ozonix, and Prime. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast, because what happens is, and then they come back around and support me, and I can continue to put out this kick-ass content, man, so... uh Please uh, take a look at all the partners. Um, Please go subscribe. That is the biggest thing uh, that I'm asking: is either subscribe on the Sportsman's Nation, on the White White Tail Feed, or subscribe to the standalone. Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. It's just the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast and nothing else. If you search for it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're downloading your podcast, you can find it and just subscribe to it. And that way it comes automatically to you and that gives me a good indication of, uh, you know, all the stats that uh, that are out there. Other than that, um, what else? I think that's it, man. Check us out on social media. Spread the word, right? Take... Th- Take some time and take a non-hunter hunting. Uh, I want to get into more of that uh, on a couple of the next episodes uh, that we put out. But I really want to start focusing on expanding hunting, devaluing of uh, antlers, and like hyping up the experience that is hunting. And uh, because at the end of the day, man. Um, the score is only mentioned in one sentence and all, everything else that comes before that is the story so um i don't know i'm gonna get off my soapbox now i'm gonna let you get back to your day have a great one and if you're gonna be in our tree in our tree if you're gonna be if you're gonna be in a tree our friends at hunter safety systems are reminding you to please wear your damn safety harness have a good hump day